0: Pelotero Pickle, episode 66. We jump deep into the multi sport development debate. We talk about benchmarking athletes, the Cy Young winner, and is Carlos Correa going to the Tigers? Check it out. Pelotero hey, Pickle, episode 66. This is Thanksgiving week. Chris, how are you doing? Hi, hey, Bob. Good. I, uh, I had a thought the other day where, you know, when we do guests and we always joke around about how I introduce you last and blah, blah, blah. I think we need to do better intros when we have guests. We don't have a guest this week. I'm just making right. an observation. Well,
1: let me let me take out, uh, let me do one intro and see, let, we'll put out a poll and see how people like it.
0: Well, typically when people have guests, like there's this whole like intro and like this person has this background and they've accomplished these things and blah, blah, blah. And we're just like, hey, we have a guest. What's yeah. up?
1: I, you, know what you, I, you know what I want to do is... Uh, did you ever watch wrestling? Were you ever a wrestling guy? No.
0: No. I, I well, would deal with real life stuff.
1: No. I'm talking when you're a kid, man. Come on. So...
0: Yeah. As a kid, I it was fake from the start. So... You got really
1: a, to... So, but D-Generation X was awesome. So the road dog, Jesse James, the the BA Billy Gunn. So I used to do this sick intro. I would be like, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. D-Generation X. So we could... I, I need to finish that almost because it's a disservice to not finish it. Degeneration proudly brings to you, WW Tag Team Champions. No, you don't want, no, you don't.
0: You're not even like, if you're going to do I've heard you do it a hundred times. So if you're going to do it, you should just really do it. That's not, what I'm saying. Like,
1: but yeah. I can't, we're just teeing it up. Like, I don't, you want me to like go right now?
0: Yeah. I mean, we're 66 episodes in. I think we can be better. I think we're going to have some really cool guests lined up. I, uh I front doored some, some, uh interaction some engagement with you and adam jones we're going to just keep talking about it until it happens
1: yeah well i mean the hard part about guests so and i'm going to put liam Hendricks on the spot like he told me five weeks ago to come on but he was like busy he, you know he's got 42 pets
0: he's american, like hey mate i'm american
1: league reliever of the year i'm just
0: I'm, I'm good I'm out. I, I throw hard
1: let's put this that <laughs> that. Out. let's put this snippet out and let him know. We'll tag him in it and be like, hey, Liam, remember that time you said you come on the podcast, you scumbag.
0: Well, I also had thoughts about uh who would if we could have any guest in the world, who would we want? Michael Jones. I I, I really want Albert Pools to come on the show. I think he's my GOAT, my goat guest.
1: I'm I'm on a I'm on a huge uh, and a huge I'm – I'm going down a Barry Bonds rabbit hole What like finding out – you've heard me talk about him a lot in the last week. I'm, it's all I'm doing is looking up Barry hitting stuff. It's hard to find anything that he really talked about publicly, especially when he's playing. He's super guarded.
0: Yeah, I just – I want to I, – I so Chipper Jones is another one who would be like goat status. Guys that were just legends. Ken Griffey Jr. would be amazing.
1: Yeah. So you know what's funny is we're talking about this. So I did this little – this little hitting thing yesterday, right, with uh, with Pete, Fatsy, Rich Gedman, uh, J.P. Ricciardi, former GM of the Blue Jays, current uh, special assistant in San Francisco, uh, Ray Fagnon, Matt Hyde, who were the Northeast supervisors for the, the Red Sox and, and the Yankees, respectively. And it, it was ages probably 9 to 18 in three different sessions. And we were asking kids, like like we are talking about Tony Gwynn and Wade Boggs and, and – No clue. And it's funny, like I, I feel like young people don't really know the older players in the game. Like, is that weird? Is it weird? Because I, I thought I knew who Carl Yastrzemski was when I was like eight. So I nine. saw
0: I saw a thing the other day, and it said uh, nineteen thirty nine is as close to nineteen eighty as two thousand twenty one. So, do did you know players from like the nineteen fifties? generally like when you were young
1: i mean you knew who ted williams was right away
0: so okay that's one like but who who are those players from tony gwynn is kind of wade boggs was local for me so i knew wade boggs but Tony, tony gwynn, gwynn
1: playing in like 2001
0: yeah but that's but that's still like high school that's most like middle school through high school so, like, that's not 12-year-old. I don't know if kids collect baseball cards now. I know Gary Vee's trying to push it but, on the But here's the, the difference,
1: play. though, right? Here's the difference. The, they have access to video of these guys playing. Like, we didn't have instant access to Ted Williams hitting. Like, how think about how hard you had to scratch and claw to find video of Babe Ruth and Ted Williams that could be functional for you to, like, learn the swing. You know what I mean? Where – You get. I mean, theoretically, if you're 16, you can go watch all of Tony Gwynn's games if you really want
0: to. Well, the the problem is attention. Nobody cares.
1: Yeah.
0: if you if you have access to everything, so that things you choose to look at are going to be what you. So that being said, would
1: would you say that? So this is part of the the dialogue that came up yesterday. Is attention the reason why it's very difficult for young people to get in deep-rooted, hitting conversations? Because it's it's like a critical thinking. uh...
0: I don't. I think trying to have a a deep hitting conversation with a young player is completely unfair to the young player. They have no, they have no basis of knowledge to even do that.
1: But what I'm but what I'm saying is, would you? So would you have? All right, put yourself in sixteen-year-old you shoes. Would you welcome high-level hitting dialogue?
0: Me personally? Yeah, 16-year-old me, like Me, the, the kid that everybody thought it was weird because I cared about baseball so much? Me, the
1: me that was the me. Yeah,
0: you. Because I wasn't like a normal.
1: But it doesn't matter. You play like baseball. Team you love the game. Play baseball. Yeah, I would have
0: been game. all for it. But at the same time, I, I remember going down to uh the Bucky Dent baseball school when I was in high school. And there was, I mean, the only thing I was trying to do was exactly what the coach was telling me to do. And any like higher level concepts, I just had no grasp of. I'll
1: buy that, but just for, for, all right. So for, for argument's sake, you have the major league hitting coach, the Boston Red Sox. Like I I literally had to turn to a kid and go, do you realize that the last person he threw to in the cage was Raphael Devers right before you? So he threw to Devers and now he's throwing to you. And the kid was like, Whoa. And I, I, did that not add up to you when, you know, when you got in the cage, like when you were got here, when you heard he was the major league hitting coach, did that not register? So when
0: I, I feel me, like you was, right now because I want to. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say he's thinking about cotton candy and lizards.
1: Yeah. So for me, though, for me, the young version of me, I didn't have access to a lot of major league caliber guys, high level dudes, people that played at the highest level. And I remember, and I, I'll never forget this. I hit with Lou Merlone, I think, twice. And you know, no offense to Lou, he wasn't, you know, a great hitter, great player at any point in time. He had a nice little career, but it, he was never, you know, highly touted. Whatever. But the time I hit with him, I couldn't, I was, oh my God, I got to listen to everything he says, right? Versus, hey, this is a college coach or, you know, a good high school coach or whatever. Don't, I didn't have access to those guys. So I, I think to myself, man, what would it be like to have this kind of access, right? Would I be receptive? Would I ask every question on the planet? I think I would, but maybe I'm giving myself too much credit. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it, I mean... On the surface, you'd be like, yeah, I want to know everything this guy knows. I want to ask a bunch of questions. I want to learn. There's probably – I would have been nervous if I was yet that young. Sure, long. sure. So there's a lot of a lot of stuff there, a lot of layers. Uh, I just uh, – I think most kids just aren't even prepared. They're just trying to hit the ball. Sure. They're just, like, they're just trying to hit Which
1: it. Which brings me to my next point. Is that segue? Yeah.
0: All right. Topic number one. Fairly robust discussion on Twitter. uh This was like end of last week through the weekend about multi-sport stuff. So Ben Brewster with Tread Athletics, they do a great job. um They do a very good job. If you're if you're in the if you're listening to this, you're probably familiar with them. But in terms of their pitching and their development and their attention to detail, they're as good as anybody. Ben put out a tweet and I'm going to read it word for word. If you are, if you are in high school and know you want to play baseball in college, I can think of exactly zero convincing arguments to be playing two to three other sports year round. Can we stop pretending that practicing basketball makes you better at pitching? And there, it was pretty robust. It had uh, 88 retweets, 95 quote tweets. Uh, I can't see how many comments, but there's a lot. There's a lot of discussion around this, a lot of, this is like a hot button issue because everybody's got an opinion. Uh, I replied that it's, it's kind of funny how, even if you look at recruiting events, the kids that don't need recruiting events are the ones that go. And the kids that aren't good enough for recruiting, like it, the, the dynamic is just completely backwards. Cause if you're good enough, you don't even need to go to the events, but it's a bunch of kids that aren't good enough that go to the events. And the kids that are really good and thinking about going to like a Power Five baseball school, they could do whatever they want. They could just go take a nap throughout college. They probably still have a ninety-plus arm. They still probably run as fast as they do. There's like a a genetics component, and this is going to piggyback into another topic about benchmarking. But uh, curious your thoughts on multisport. I'll, I'll I'll talk about my high school experience with multisport, but uh, curious your thoughts on shooting free throws, making you a better pitcher?
1: I, I think anybody who thinks that being a well-rounded athlete is not useful. Define is...
0: well-rounded athlete, though.
1: So my point is, and I'm going to get there, that you have to ultimately – one of, one of the, 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 the things that you and I talk about a lot is imitation and, and really being able to create movements and, and that other people can create, right? If you limit yourself – and you close the box, and you only work on baseball movements. Injury is happening at, at a rate that is unparalleled. Now, I can't say this is why. And I I don't I don't think it even has to do with the number of pitches guys are throwing. I don't think it has to do with them throwing in November. Because at the end of the day, Bobby and, and Cressy had a tweet the other day saying, you know, young players are playing in fall leagues when major league pitchers who get paid to play are, are shut down right now. Liam Hendricks texted me the other day, and we get him on the show asking. He stops playing long, long toss for like a week after the season, then he starts throwing. But Liam was a kid who grew up on Australian rules football and, and other sports. I think my ability to create movements with my body came from the fact that I played a lot of different sports. I ran around, I moved. And, and those foundations for, for kids get built as they're going from ages 2 to 12 probably, right? So if you don't do those things, then – and maybe even 2 to 16. If you don't do those things, then how can somebody ask you at some point to, to do something athletic? Case in point would be a pitcher that can't throw the ball to first base because he's only learned how to pitch. I, I, they bother – it bothers me to think that you don't have the foundational elements of being a really good athlete before you become a pitcher. I just don't – there's no – or a really good athlete before you become a hitter, because those those athletic advantages will help you specialize in a sport ultimately.
0: Yeah, I think I think there's elements of mindset. And somebody commented about you know he played I think he played football when he was a freshman, and the, the mindset from football translated into his pitching. So he's like, all right, I'll give you that. There's a whole bunch of like, yeah, there's all right, new this scenario about, makes right. sense, and that scenario makes sense. I think of uh, I'm gonna shout out Strage, David Stragé. Yeah. Um, a kid that you and I know, and he's he's a, he's a really interesting example of a kid who, as a freshman, he was built like a broomstick. He, I mean, he was so far under the height weight ratio, <laughs> was like the goal is like 1.75 for the ratio there. He was so far under it. He was probably like a one. He was, he was a beanpole. He could barely hit the ball 70 miles an hour. Um, just there's no go in his body. And he went from going, you know, hitting the ball 70 miles an hour to packing pre and post session meals, going crazy with nutrition. He actually worked with tread too, on the pitching side, he went from a guy who couldn't hit the ball 70 to hitting the ball 105, 400 plus feet. And if he didn't dedicate himself from the time he was a freshman, it just wasn't going to happen. If he continued the path that he was on, if that kid doesn't just go crazy with nutrition, go crazy in the weight room, take advantage of the hormones that he has in his body at that point in his life, he's never like, he's just going to be a senior that's six, two hundred and sixty pounds, like maybe so- he would have just been just real thin and not strong enough and not no mass to his body, and he just wouldn't produce to. So, what his was his goal was to play in college?
1: But what was the path ultimately? He 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 learned to athlete because strength and conditioning is athletic, right? And there's a difference between probably more than likely football and basketball, or football and soccer, and football and whatever other cardiovascular sport you want to talk about. If you play football, you're getting strong, right? Now, you're also creating massive risk for impact injury, right? And even non impact injury. But I remember looking at guys that I played football with, and they were twice the size of me in high school. I didn't lift. I didn't know how to lift.
0: But how ma- many did- of the high school kids were lifting because of football?
1: Sure. There's no doubt like about
0: that. That's the biggest thing, I think, at the high school level. The football players understood the importance of strength because you're I- going head-to-head combat. You're bumping into each other at the line. you got to be bigger, stronger. Baseball, you just run around the field. You're swinging a bat. There's no – there's no getting pancaked by a kid that's right. twice your size to to wake you up to the fact that you're not strong enough.
1: I don't think there's a blueprint, right? There's this is like anything else. All we're talking about is a bunch of people's opinions. And opinions are like, you know, we always say it or <laughs> like yeah. buttholes, everybody got one they all stink, right? And the the problem is we're trying to we're trying to sit here and say, oh well, you have to do this. And again, it everything comes down to individualization, right? You could have a kid who's born freaky genetic, right? Just really, really good genetically and in a baseball mindset and understands how to do the work off the field. Did Bo Bichette ever play other sports? He played a lot of tennis growing up. I'm sure he ran around, did competitive athletic things. Did Vladdy play other sports? I'm sure he was on the field when he was a kid, but like, I don't know if he ever played
0: Vladi mean, needed to get in the weight room for, for the opposite reason. But though. that's what I'm on, saying. So <laughs> if we sit down.
1: here – it's all, it's all going to be dependent, but what what it comes down to Bobby, and this was something that came out of the, out of the big talking point that came out of the clinic yesterday. The key to this whole thing, the key to everything is to make sure it's fun because if it's not fun, it's going to turn into a job. And if it turns into a job, it's going to feel tedious. And if it feels tedious, it's defeating the purpose of everything we're trying to accomplish. Right? So can you sit here and tell me that, I can take a 14 year old kid who, for for lack of a better term, I probably was ADD when I was a kid. I didn't like sit down. I probably still am, but I don't I'm just not diagnosed or whatever. I like you need to make these people go down paths that are enjoyable to them. They have to become passionate about what they're doing. There is no scenario where anybody could have made me passionate about lifting when I was 14, unless.
0: What if Lou Merlone? But that's what I'm saying, unless
1: there was somebody that I trusted and respected that said, this is what you have to do. Come do it with me and we'll figure out how to enjoy it. Like it was way more fun to go play a basketball game for me. I just want to compete. I wanted to win. And I grew up around hoops, too. So that was part of my growth. If we don't make it fun, if we don't make the training fun. You don't appreciate training as a kid. I didn't. I hated training. I hated practice. Couldn't stand it. That's why I played baseball because we played more games than every other sport more
0: often. Well, I think, I think a, a well-run weight room where there's culture and there's camaraderie and there's good positive energy. I think that can make it uh, that you're, you're giving yourself a fighting chance. Um, with a lot of the younger kids yeah, maybe they don't want to do foundational movement exercises that are structured and they're like, this sucks. This is 20 min- 20
1: minute, 20 minute. Uh, active warm-ups are aggressive for a 15-year-old kid like the kids he wakes up warmed up so let's i mean let's just let's go do some stuff but the day again there's danger right you start lifting you start adding weight and the muscles aren't loose they're not right re- so there's no i don't think there's a perfect answer right is there i, I mean have injuries really gone up have they not gone up I, it's tough to say i don't i don't know
0: well, that brings me to my next point, another segue, about nice. benchmarking athletes, because I think this is part of the discussion and part of the, part of the way to get buy-in, I guess, is to kind of understand where you stand. So I, I put out a tweet over the weekend, when benchmarking athletes, which is most important and why? And the four options were benchmark against your age group, against competition level, against the athlete's height and weight, or just compare to yourself over time. Compare yourself over time. Got 50.8% of the vote, which I thought was pretty weak sauce, but I understand why it happened. Uh, competition level was second, then age group, then athlete height, weight. So I posted that knowing that it was a very layered, nuanced conversation. So I'm excited to do that now. Uh, comparing yourself to yourself over time, there's like, there's difference between process process goals and and results goals. At some point, if you're going to get anywhere in the game, you're going to get compared against your competition level. Like if you're trying to play in the big leagues and you've really made improvements to yourself, like, hey, I had a 200% increase in my exit velocity, but you're still hitting the ball 80. It don't matter. That ain't it. As there's thresholds that need to be met. There's prereqs that you have to attain certain levels of performance just to be in the conversation and i think when you look at scouting it, it, it can come across as harsh but if you look at the way guys are evaluated from a scouting standpoint it's like look if you're not fast enough you're not fast enough tools have a chance to play at the next level like you can be the most skilled player in the world and if you're not fast enough if you're not quick enough if you're not strong enough it doesn't matter so i think the comparing yourself over time in a in the context of the competition level that you're trying to achieve is important. So one of the one of the comments that I got, or replies was about a, a young player who's very undersized and he just he when he sees his Hitch tracks leaderboard thing and he's like the 30%er, he just gets really down on himself. And it stinks that you got a kid who because he's 12 years old and he's small he thinks he's not good when he's prepubescent. And There's like, a huge
1: difference stinks. between the kid that hasn't grown up yet and the kid that has. You, you just hit the nail on the head. You mm-hmm. said the prepubescent thing. That's that's a completely different barometer that has to be evaluated. Joey Rubin was smaller than everybody else, and I said, Joey, just keep going. You'll be fine. And he was lucky enough to have me in his life, and I said, you're all right. Don't worry about being a little guy. It's okay. It's going to pay off in the end. That, that kid – if he just sticks with it, we'll be better off because of it.
0: Well, you gotta, you gotta get him there, though. You gotta, sure? You gotta, you gotta give him a chance.
1: That's where the psychological stuff comes in, right? Because that's where we have to, we have to do a better job of saying, "Hey, it's okay for you to be like this," because you're, you're still, your skill set. Listen, your size does not, your size doesn't imply your skill set, right? There's a place for you in the game. To your point, right, if you hit the ball 70 miles an hour when you need to hit it 100 to, to be in the conversation, maybe maybe you won't go play at a top tier power five, right? But maybe you need to take a gap here. Maybe you need to go to JUCO first. There's a path. There's a path. It's just a matter of whether you're willing to take it. Because if your skill set enhances enough as you're growing up, that's the advantage that the player has that isn't comparing themselves to people in their, in their their in their peer group. Is that they have to? When you're playing up, it feels like you're playing. Up. I played up my whole life because I was a, a year young for my grade, so I'm on the freshman team. I literally remember this. I'm 14 years old, and actually, I was technically
0: I was 13, were, I think. No, you're so we we're 14. both young for our grades. So I was 14-year-old youngest, old freshman, right? 13-year-old eighth grader. Yeah, most kids are 14. Freshman yeah. year, you're playing high school sports at. 14 when yeah. most kids are 15 and then senior year 17. Right. Most kids. So
1: I'm, I'm 14 years old on the freshman team. And one of the kids on the team had just gotten his license. And in Massachusetts at the time it was 16 and a half. He had gotten his license in the winter. So he was like driving to practice.
0: I remember playing, I remember playing, a, I was pitching a high school game. I was 15 years old on the varsity team. And the kid that was coming up to bat was like, went the area code. He was 19 years old and he was a man. I, I was I was young. I was I was not a big fifteen year old. I was not. I wasn't a big senior. I was. I graduated one hundred sixty five pounds, but I was probably like five ten, one fifty, and this kid's like six two, two twenty. It's like yeah. this is a whole different world.
1: You have you have two choices when those things come up. You can make them motivate you, or you can make them knock you down. And it, it that's what always what it comes down to, Bob. You have two choices, right? Prove them right. Prove them wrong. Whatever. It, it is what it is it's, it's pretty straightforward for all intents and purposes. I think players should always be comparing to themselves at people in their peer group, right? Whether it be competition level or age group, to me, they're one and the same, even though they're not, but I want to be where the players that I'm supposed to be playing with are. And heck, if I'm 14, I want to play with the seniors in high school, you know, because why wouldn't I want to be a freshman on the varsity, right? Why wouldn't I want to be a freshman starting in college? Those are all things that I would shoot for. I'm striving for. Rich Rich said said it best yesterday. He said, I would always, I would always pick the guy that was best at everything on the field, whether it was at hitting line drives, at hitting it far, at throwing it, at catching it. And he goes, I'm gonna target him and I'm gonna go get him. And I might not get there. He used the example of Wade Boggs, right? He goes, Wade Boggs is the best hitter on our team. So I try to be like, wait, I was going to try to beat him. And then even if I lose, I did okay. You know, and that's, that ultimately ends up becoming the battle against yourself. Right. But it, different motivations for different players. And it's interesting that that's the interesting part to me is, is where does it come from? What drives the, mot- the motivation? What drives you to want to get to that place? so i'm more curious about the psyche, the psyche stuff than i am about anything else
0: yeah well i think in a a, a broader lens here <coughs> um i think when you're younger like comparing yourself to your competition level when you're 12 i think that starts getting dicey where you're like hey there's here's your 12u rankings and if you're not if you don't think you're one of the best and you're like oh i should just give this up that stinks. So I think younger players, if you're 12 and under age group into compared to self is good. Uh, but even the height weight thing where if you're looking at performance efficiency, that's probably a good way to gauge it. Uh, but then once you get to like the high school level, where it's more about winning, like product on the field matters, you have to produce, you have to try to win. So the better you are at the competition level, the older you get, the more – I think there's like a transition point where you start getting into high school where everybody wants to talk about player development, player development, player development. It's like, yes, absolutely do that, but hit these standards at the same time. Just because you're doing player development doesn't mean you deserve to be on the field.
1: And ultimately, what it comes down to again – is what how do how can we find out about that kid to figure out what motivates him because if they're I was a little I was soft. I was sensitive. I was I have very I mean you, you see it in my personality now. I'm, my, my I was going to say you were. Out. Huh?
0: I was going to say you were.
1: Yeah, I You're mean still a sensitive guy. Exactly. So there were things that hurt my feelings but they also motivated me and inspired me to want to be better. And it was because I had a good support system that was telling me, hey, it's okay. Like, you need to get kicked in the teeth every now and then. It's only going to help you, right? And, and it, 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 being there to pat people on the button, like, it's the effort versus, versus uh, you know, output scale. If you have a kid who's continually giving you effort at a young age, you know they're going to go to a good place. Right. If you're getting the effort, David Stranger is a perfect example, Bobby. Like if you're gonna keep putting in the effort, I know you're gonna be all right. You're gonna figure it out. You're gonna find a way to play in the game. And it's just a matter of going. And and what's the thing that's gonna make you go?
0: Yeah. Well, and at, at some point there's gonna be decisions made based on how you stack up.
1: And that's okay, dude. Cedric But that's the game.
0: I think a lot of people forget that or they they're kind of innocent to that.
1: Cedric Mullins got cut from his high school team one year. I played division two. Eric Kratz played division three college. We didn't have offers. Eric Kratz played, we got almost seven, eight years in the big leagues. I almost four years in the big leagues. Like it's it, you make decisions. Like and it does like you don't have to it does, it doesn't all happen when you're 16. That's the problem. The percentage of our life that is is relevant, like percent, like years when you're young. One year feels like a massive part of your life when you're 38, one year is like, ah, oh, it's just like a smaller percentage of my life. So you're able to look at it from a different lens. That's why people have this urgency when they're at a young age. They think everything has to happen now. It's the same thing with recruiting and scholarship. I got to have this like, no, 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 no. You're fine. Go to a division two school, go to a junior college, go to prep school. Like you're okay. Like don't be in a rush. Because if you get in a rush, then you're gonna just be chasing all the wrong stuff.
0: Yeah, it's good. I like it. It's a good conversation. I I, I hope to keep having those talks and shaping that for each athlete. Uh, innings debate. We got all the end of season awards coming through. Um, we got Bryce Harper and Shohei for MVPs, and the Cy Young debate the uh, the pitching side of this, where in hitting I think we've shifted away from batting average and now it's all on base and OPS and you know the the shifting dynamics of metrics. There's a tweet and I I had to read it like four times to understand what the guy was saying, but essentially the conversation between innings pitched and ERA and now there's like expected ER ERA. Uh, fielding independent it, of pitching whatever yes, all this stuff it, yeah so Zach Wheeler threw 213 innings with a 270 ERA Corbin Burns 167 innings pitched 243 ERA I mean that's a lot of innings that's that's a lot Burns was nasty they were both they both have very very good years but forty six innings pitched that's I feel like that's very relevant in the conversation, <laughs> how do you feel about uh, the concept of innings pitch and maybe come at it from the context of uh, – was Burns hurt? He Was he hurt at all this year? I've
1: been paying enough attention to the Brewers, to be honest with you,
0: so I don't know. Um, I know he, he came out of the gates hot where he, like, struck out a billion people. Yeah. Um, context of as a teammate at the big league level, how important is it for a guy to eat innings like Wheeler did – And to know that when that guy takes the mound, he's going to just—he's going to put the bullpen on the back burner. He's going to eat innings and produce. How valuable is that, and how should that be valued? Versus, I don't even know what the the advanced metrics were in the scenario, but just the concept of innings pitched and how valuable that is.
1: This is the same. This is the same dialogue we had with uh, with Kevin when he came on talking about the Grom, right? And. I don't think people are appreciating any of the human stuff about baseball anymore. They just want it to be answered on a spreadsheet. And, and this is, this is the part, I think this is why old school guys are getting frustrated with the game because the, the ability to connect to what's actually happening, right? The guy being able to throw 215 innings is it, it's massive. Right. It's massive because, you know, he's going to he's going to just take a huge load off your team and ultimately allow other guys to perform better because of it. And, you know, as, as players, what you're going to get from that guy behind him. Baseball is about the ability to show up every day, independent of whatever else is going on around you in your life, in the game, society. And so that's really important. Do I think it means he should have won the MVP or the Cy Young or whatever it's called and I I put out a tweet about this the other day cuz there were people that were going crazy about Vlad and Shohei and I'm like and the Vlad guys are all homers biased Toronto fans the people that pick these awards are just a bunch of people sitting in a room that have opinions just like everybody else right if you want well, to really- with the
0: advanced metrics, I think you have to acknowledge that they're trying to make it more objective. The intent is to make it more objective. Sure. That's but at fine. some point, somebody's just going to make a decision.
1: Exactly. But, Bobby, this goes back to it was like five or six, seven, eight years ago, right? It's the same thing as a college football selection show. When you're putting a cutoff on something, right? If you're putting a cutoff, a hard line on something that has no – that it's not two plus two equals four, right? There's There's no formula to say, okay – your FIP plus your what? Like if, if you had a formula that said your ERA plus this, plus that, plus that equals this, th- there's no formula for the decision.
0: I have a real, I have a real problem with uh, expected ERA and like expected because it didn't happen. Yeah, exactly. Like, why, why are we making decisions about it? It never happened. It should have happened, but didn't happen because it's not real. You're You're creating this metric for what should have happened even though it didn't happen. So we're not even dealing with reality. We're dealing with like, well, if things went according to the statistical analysis, then this guy would have been better. I'm telling you. He wasn't. He wasn't.
1: This (laughs) this all made sense to me. When I watched the college football selection Sunday, right before, like right after the last, like week, like the last weekend of conference tournament play. And the, the number four spot was Alabama, Ohio state, Alabama, Ohio state. I heard it was eight hours of coverage. And the, like, this guy was like, well, their power ranking RPI divided by this times that besides conference championship. And I go, look, it's going to come down to 14 people in a room that are going to go, I like Ohio state. I like Alabama. Like how many of those people are you going to swing based on your arguments? Right. Because we all have predispositions. We all have bias toward things that we like or don't like. And that is human, right? Like we pass judgment on things before we know all the facts what it takes for us as individuals to step back and say, okay, let me hear all the arguments. Right. And society in general at large is not doing that at all right now. So when it comes down to like looking at this argument, somebody likes Zach Wheeler, somebody likes Corbin Burns. It's what, it, it's what it is. It's what it is. And the reality of it is if you ask a bunch of baseball guys, guys that are in the trenches, the teammates, the people that you're playing with, you always take the guy that went to 15 to right? Every time, every day of the week, twice on Sunday, because that means he's giving you six to seven every outing instead of five and dive in all the guys in the bullpen are thankful for it because they're having to throw fewer innings during the year. Your starters, you know what you're going to get every fifth day. You have a stopper. Like it, it, it's all of those things. There's no doubt that the baseball player will tell you, give me the guy that throws 250 to every year. And that was what people took pride in for years and years and years. And it mattered it mattered. It still matters, but the game's trying to act like it doesn't. So
0: I just, I think it's hilarious that, so if you just go off of certain numbers, right. So um, Corbin was 11 and five Wheeler was 14 and 10. Julio Urias was 20 and three. We had a 20 game winner in the big leagues this year. Doesn't matter.
1: That no, wasn't even consideration. Yeah, like, the,
0: it's just it's crazy to me. Like if you if games were won when you pitched, why is that not?
1: Why does that not matter? It's crazy.
0: Me. Me. And I understand from like a projection standpoint. Like, hey, you're gonna you want to get the guy that you know the, all the peripheral stats say they're they're good, but it, like when the actual performance and metrics of the results don't matter anymore. You just kind of, I kind of get lost. It's like if instead of using uh actual batting average or actual WOBA, we're gonna oh we're gonna use expected WOBA to pick. Well, the guy shouldn't have been playing there. Or the guy made a really good play, so it should have been a hit. Like, what the what are we talking yeah, about?
1: But that would be like great if the scoreboard just reflected that.
0: Yeah, yeah like, like it's like the results,
1: Bobby. That's what. But this is again. This is like like nobody nobody in the world picked the Atlanta Braves to win the World Series, even when the playoffs started. There were like four percent of Vegas probably bet on the, the Braves, right?
0: Well, Maybe. there's I mean, halfway through the year they stunk. Exactly. So there's there's reason to believe. Sure. Like the same thing with the Nationals a couple years ago, where they sure were on fire and.
1: But these there's, are the things like this is Edward why you can't play the this is why you can't play off projections. Somebody wrote an article the other day that was like, this is why the Atlanta Braves shouldn't have won the World Series. Like Scott Boris was talking about why the Atlanta Braves shouldn't have won the World Series. I think it was and I wrote saw the article about it. I didn't read it. I'm like, well, they did. So like, should we should should we put the should have been World Series trophy and get and send it to somebody before the season.
0: Yeah, give just, the real award to, to, like, yeah, to the Giants because that's it.
1: what the front office wants. The front office wants a like I should be World Series champions because, like, hey, look at how good we put our team together. No, you didn't. You stunk. You start your team stinks. You went 79 and 83.
0: I'm Stink. curious if, if producer Patrick thinks we're old men yelling at clouds right now because he's very new school with his approach. It's great, it's fine. Winning matters. The results winning what will always actually happen or later. else we wouldn't play sports. He's shaking her head at us in the video. It's okay. Uh, I, it's just funny to me that like fit, like who cares? That's cool that your FIP was low, but the guys, you you did have a defense behind you and things happened. So let's go That's, based off of that. Let's go based off only, of that. It actually in happened.
1: Life You can only go based off what's happened.
0: Like in the game, you're safe or you're out. And then you go back to the dugout or you stay on base. So what should have happened isn't what did happen. Also funny. A fact. It's funny. It's funny. Um, last major topic. Then we got a mailbag. Uh, so Carlos Correa, AJ Hench had a nice brunch the other day. Social media told us. So that's good. Uh, They're just hanging out, extended their brunch into lunch. It's appeared to be a good conversation. There's uh. I guess some speculation to Detroit fans are like, well, we're going to get Correa because he's got a relationship with his manager. Um, you think, you think this means anything?
1: That's the same thing as Seager to the Rangers, by the way, Tim hires just took the hitting job. He used to be in LA. Chris Woodward's a manager. Yeah. I think it means everything. And it also means nothing. Cause if he's close with him, she could have just gone to lunch. A 100- hundred and 14% chance the conversation of, hey, do you want to come to Detroit came up? Right?
0: Is that, that, is that allowed in happen? baseball? What's that? Huh? He's a free agent, so that's allowed, right? Yeah. Are there any rules? It's not like against- college.
1: There's no like NCA violation.
0: Well, they have like tampering stuff where you're not it's
1: free agency, bro. You talk to whoever you, you want. You, want. You, can go, you can go talk to the Pope and have him pray for you to get a big contract, like if you want. Yeah, it's great. Go go play in Detroit, Carlos Correa, Detroit Tigers. I, they hot stove or it's hot take, whatever it's called.
0: Put it, put it in the books.
1: You know where Carlos Correa is going to go? So whatever team, team writes the biggest check. Yeah. Like so, if the Tigers want to write a big check, he'll go play. He's for He's already
0: them. got a ring. He doesn't need to try to win a ring. Yeah, he's okay. The likelihood is
1: it's if if the Dodgers lose Seager, which they probably will, and he he's going to end up in LA. New York. It's going to be L.A., New York, Texas, or Detroit. That's, those are my bets. Either L.A., by the way. Either L.A.? Yeah. The Pirates aren't going to sign him.
0: No. The, the Marlins aren't going to sign him.
1: him. The Marlins definitely aren't going to sign him. He talked crap about Jeter the other day.
0: Did you see Jeter's reply? Yeah, he, he, was like, yeah. he was like... He was like... Like a boxer ready to get in the ring, just like, swaying no. But he basically was like,
1: "I don't even care who is that guy. Whatever, it doesn't matter." I liked it. I'd like to so, know where it came. Where what? All right, so it. Baltimore's
0: not going to sign him. Red Sox aren't going to sign him. Yankees might. Tampa's not. The Blue Jays aren't. Who put White Sox aren't. Indians won't pay for him. Detroit is one obvious. Yes. Kansas City no. Minnesota. Minnesota. No. Could he end up back in Houston? Sure. Two. Houston. Uh, Angels. You said yes. Oakland would never pay for him. Mariners. Uh, No. Mariners. Who plays what? Who plays short? They get the. Crawford.
1: They've already been talking about getting Trevor Story and moving him to second base. So no. Because Correa won't move. And then you said
0: Texas is a maybe. Four. Uh, Atlanta Braves. They got a guy. Marlins, Jeter out. Uh, Lindor is at the, in New York Mets. Uh, Phillies, they got a what's his name, sir? What's his face? Segura is playing shortstop. Didi, the Washington Didi. Nationals, they're rebuilding. Cubs, no. Reds won't pay him. Milwaukee, Milwaukee, who do they have?
1: The kid they just traded for Urias or whatever.
0: Pittsburgh, no. Cardinals. No, they won't pay for him. Diamondbacks, hard no. Rockies are they're not paying for anybody. Dodgers, possible. Padres got a guy, unless they move him to outfield. Nope. And San Francisco, they got a guy. So there's five options for him. Five,
1: and I had four, and the fifth one is Houston, which I thought was a given.
0: <clears throat> so is Detroit? They're going to spend money.
1: Yeah, because they're going to try to win at some point. They haven't tried to win for like the last 10 years, so they might as well start now. No, the mm-hmm. last time they were relevant was when Ortiz hit the homer and Tory Hunter fell over the wall. Was that 13? Something like that. Eight years ago. So that now they have to they're gonna try to be relevant again.
0: But the every all five of those landing spots are relevant for Story, Seager. Are those the three? Is there anybody else from a shortstop? I don't know. Any of the, any other big free agent shortstops?
1: I I think that's it.
0: Yeah. Well, one of them's going to end up in New York cuz they're going to open up the wallet. One's going to end up in LA cuz they're going to open up the wallet. And I'm talking Dodgers, not Angels. But
1: uh, but the other the other LA is always a possibility. They got they got a uh, never-ending pocket of money. It's just like a it's like a waterfall of money. Here, whatever you need. Uh
0: I don't know if he would go there because he's not going to be a, a dude. What do
1: you mean he won't be a dude?
0: I mean, you got Trout and Shohei.
1: Whatever, you trying to win or are you trying to be they on a good team? Angels need pitching. Yeah, you think?
0: Get him some arms. I need Mike Trout in the in the playoffs. Uh any other th- any your thoughts on Korea? Do you ever have any off season no. meetings being courted?
1: I'm, 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 no,
0: I have not personally. I
1: got I got courted by the saskatoon kinsmen club to go do an appearance there does that count
0: no it does not Cool. all right uh from james mailbag wish you guys a safe and healthy thanksgiving thanks same to you james to give thanks for all the awesome episodes of the pickle and the baseball hall of fame of the pickle the baseball hall of fame will let you take home any item any item for the weekend, to show it off to your friends and family over the holiday, what Ooh. item are you taking and why? Good question, James. Wow, my immediate thought was Babe Ruth's bat.
1: Yeah, I, I'm going to DiMaggio hit streak stuff. Um, that was where my fir- my head went first.
0: The Hall of Fame is cool. It's that's a cool place. There's, I mean, they probably have stuff locked up in the vault that's not even on display that would be really cool.
1: So I've told you I've been going down the bombs rabbit hole. This started because the E60 or 30 for 30 or whatever it was. And do you see what the guy did to the ball? He put an asterisk, he cut out an asterisk in it. So he bought the ball at auction and then he cut, he put an asterisk on it and then gave it to the hall of fame.
0: That's good.
1: Yeah. It's kind of a tool thing to do, but whatever. Um,
0: that's a good, that's a good question. The, uh, Baseball. I'm going to just Google, do a quick Google baseball. I have baseball. something in
1: the Hall of Fame. Somebody told me this. I don't remember what it is.
0: So. Of fame. Maybe Best i take that home. Items. Let's see what they got. Four things everyone should do at the museum. This is all really just generic stuff. Uncover yeah. the stories of American history. Okay. You're going to walk through the history of the game, discover art and stadium architecture. Pop culture and baseball, vintage memorabilia, come kind of to life. Um, my immediate thought is Babe Ruth's bat.
1: Yeah, either his um, or Ty Cobb. I want to see what that guy was split gripping.
0: Yeah, bats would be cool. I
1: would play with um, them though. I would. If you had like to
0: pick this. one item, I think that you have to take a bat. I think.
1: Yeah, but would you play backyard baseball with it?
0: No, I wouldn't. I for it. sure would. You can't. No, you got to respect the why. You can't. You can't damage that
1: yeah i'm not gonna damage Maybe. it i'm just gonna play with it because it's somebody else play ball at the beginning of the game they don't yell put that in case ball
0: i really like all the old like uh gloves and cleats and stuff like that like the old spikes they had the old uniforms were really cool like the material like
1: whose idea was it to make wool uniforms
0: that is so heavy so heavy and hot they didn't have a Polyester, uh, dry fit, cotton, yeah, polyester <laughs> cotton blend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, huge advancements in the world of uh sports attire wearables. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm i stuck on baby's bat. I think that's that's got to be up there. I don't think there's like any individual ball,
1: DiMaggio hit streak bat or DiMaggio hit streak ball.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's cool, but it's not Babe Ruth.
1: The only reason this stuff matters, right? Like, the only reason any of this stuff matters that we're talking about is for the story. Like, the memorabilia exists for the story. It doesn't exist because the memorabilia actually is whatever. It's because at the end of the day, it's a ball or it's a bat. It's the story behind the item, right?
0: So, I mean, that's the whole point. Yeah, of course that. I want
1: to tell the story of the 56 game hitting streak. I want to know more about, hey, how many times was he 0 for 3 during the streak and got a hit in his last at bat? um will this streak ever be broken again no um yeah
0: mm, i don't think it's as good of a story as babe ruth and who babe ruth is and
1: nobody's ever gonna get a hit in 57 straight games in the big leagues ever never happened
0: nobody's gonna have more home runs than an entire team
1: agreed but somebody's already hit more home runs than babe ruth
0: yeah but not they he didn't
1: i understand look i'm the first guy to tell you that you can't compare generation to generation nobody will ever get have a 57 game hitting streak
0: i don't think like if if there's like a ticket or like something i don't know what tells a better story about the game
1: if you got to be at the thing it matters more
0: if you got to be at the event yeah when it happened sure maybe it's a good question though i like it i would actually like to throw this out to the viewers we should tweet we'll tweet this and see what other people say it's a good question i haven't been there for years last time i was there was probably 50 have we discussed years
1: how many times i've been to cooperstown
0: i'm guessing 0 by the way you said that yeah Sad. cool cooperstown new york is a cool place um, hall of fame is really cool double day field is awesome i played a double day
1: I want a list of items to choose from, by the way, to win this, to like figure out what I want to take.
0: I mean, you can go to the Hall of Fame website and then. uh, It's an unfair,
1: it's an unfair question to ask when you don't know what you're choosing from.
0: So they have like photo collections. They have uh, manuscripts.
1: I told you I had something as of two years ago or three years ago, I had something that was in the Hall of Fame. I don't know what it is. I don't know if the display got changed, but there was something in there. So, maybe I want that back.
0: You're going to go to the Hall of Fame to get your thing?
1: I mean, because then you can tell the story of, hey, this was in the Hall of Fame. That means I'm in the Hall of Fame, basically.
0: They get the Ted Williams strike zone thing there. That's kind of cool, but I would never take that home. You can Google that. Yeah. They have a David Ortiz postseason bat from the event that you just talked about with uh, Detroit 1903 world series, final out baseball. That's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. They got the Carlton Fisk Homer. If, this, that, was a, that. if this was a more, it's kind of cool. You can go on here and click on the team. Let me click on, on the blue Jays to see if your if your stuff pops up. I'm going to, I hope it does. Chris Colabello base it up the middle, walk off hit. We got a 1992 World Series ring, Roberto Alomar jersey, Joe Carter World Series walk off. The ball, or the bat, the bat, Paul Molitor World Series MVP shoes. That's cool. Uh, Russell Martin candidate jersey, uh, Roger Clemens hat. Not that great. Fred McGriff bat. Nothing about you. So.
1: i i told you it was one of those like floating displays one of the ones they change all the time i was in there i, I think i don't i have to find a picture of it i don't remember what it was
0: they at the hank aaron homer 715 uniform that's pretty cool that's pretty cool i would
1: get a uni and just start rocking that thing
0: just wear it <clears throat> yeah they at the greg maddox cy young shoes i'm on the braves if you can't tell I want um, the,
1: I want the bat that awesome. Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin used in the commercial. <laughs> deep like deep deep ball. Long ball. Yeah. Is that in fair. there?
0: That's fair. Anyway. So the babe so this one's really cool. There's an actual the, the home run record crown. It's an actual crown. Oh yeah, the one he
1: wore like this, sideways.
0: Uh I don't know what you're referring to, but it's an actual crown. Like Look a up a picture crown. of the
1: babe in a crown; you'll find it.
0: That's pretty cool. Uh, pretty yeah, that's cool. The home run crown, like just rock that thing around on Thanksgiving, like an actual silver. Crown. <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> I like that. It's uh, it's an interactive piece too, because you could just wear that around.
1: Indeed. I think we can come up with a more concrete answer for next episode.
0: Yeah, we gotta think about we gotta think on this one.
1: Maybe we'll pull it.
0: The Dodgers. There's gotta be some like really cool Jackie Robinson stuff too. Jockey Jackie Robinson 1955 World Series hat. Things beat up. It's awesome. If you ever get a chance to go to the Hall of Fame, go to the Hall of Fame. Go to Cooperstown.
1: Yeah, I have it. discussed it, and then we went through a pandemic, so made it hard.
0: You're blaming not going to Cooperstown on the pandemic?
1: I was talking about going right before the pandemic hit, literally, because I'd had a discussion with some – I can't even remember what it was. Anyway.
0: They have one that's called – this is just an interesting one. Ricky Henderson runs record baseball. So, okay, it's, it was a home run, so that makes more sense. I was going to say, like, if somebody else, like, drove him in, it's kind of a weird ball, but it was a home run, so that works.
1: All I'm right. Done. I got nothing else.
0: Yeah, that's good. I like it. Great question, James. Love it. We'll throw, that, we'll definitely throw that out to Twitter. So that's it. That's Pelotero Pickle, episode 66.
1: We're done. See you next time. Should I, do I have to do it every time?